I want to go to Matthew chapter 2 today. One of the discussions we had around the table this year was in regard to the star and the wise men following it. And uh, I think Heather made the comment, this is um, as much of a miracle as anything I see in the Christmas story, of these guys understanding what was going on and to follow that. And for me, there's kind of a combination even in seeing that and then seeing corrupt politicians do exactly what was needed to help fulfill the story and to realize that it doesn't really matter what government's in place in regard to God accomplishing his purposes. It doesn't really matter uh, even what's going on in nature. He can accomplish his purposes. And so I was just considering that. And, you know, you know we, we use magi. I assume we get the word magician out of that. We use wise men. We're not really sure what was going on, right? But they looked and saw something that we're not used to looking at. And they understood it in a way that we're not used to understanding. Some of that knowledge for us to step into, it's, in some ways it's almost like lost knowledge, right? But even for us to be more aware of what's around us in the way of nature, we would have to probably shut off our lights at times. We'd have to even shut off our computers and look at something else. Uh, but there are things that make us aware, right? I mean, when you see the geese flying south, what do you think? Summer's over, right? It's a shame they go in July from here, but no. <laughs> uh, but when you see them coming back, you're thinking, this is great. Springs, springs not far off. So you do read that in some measure. Um, any mushroom hunters in here? There we got one. When's the best time to go mushroom hunting? Uh. <laughs> Isn't it true, though, usually that in the summertime, after a rain, a couple days later, they'll fruit and... and you know, but most of us have no clue about such things, right? Generally, because we just don't observe. Um, I can remember when I was working outdoor every day, I would drive about an hour east and then in the morning and an hour west at night. And if I saw relatively thin clouds, or at least, you know, you could see through, but they looked about like ribbons stacked up, I knew that within a day there would be storms coming or rain coming. It just, you know, I wasn't, I'm not the cloud watcher, but I figured that out after a while. And we had a saying that rain before seven, done by 11. So if you get, you know, if it was going on early in the morning, we knew that later on. Sailors had an old saying, uh, Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in morning, take warning. Uh, why did they have those things? Because they understood. You know, they watched. Now, this star apparently was way anything we're aware of, right? It just, um, the fact that they understood those things, though, there may have been some knowledge there we just 
We don't have anymore. But it does speak to a power even greater that would have orchestrated all of that and would say that the creator of the heavens is the creator of humanity as well. And maybe there are some links. Um, School teachers in placement will tell you that a full moon means craziness. So there are some, you know, loon and lunacy connected. So even in our day, we're aware of some things, but we're kind of, I don't get it, but I, it's hard to deny it. So we look at those things and, and we go, in the scripture, we suddenly have an awe that settles over us and says, this is truly amazing that all of these pieces, parts could be put together in a way that came together and yet you would have these declarations hundreds of years in advance that this is what was coming. So that when the wise men came to Jerusalem and they're asking a, a profane political leader who has no interest in a new Messiah, uh, where's this supposed to take place? And he runs to the religious leaders who are not going to embrace it anyway. But they, oh yeah, it's supposed to be in Bethlehem. In this little town off away. Like we said, who cares about Bethlehem? We're in Jerusalem. But there was something powerful going on. And for them to come to terms with that. So, you know, they, the wise men head off and Herod is telling them, oh yeah, be sure to tell me what takes place, you know, like to participate. And then here's a, an, another thing that takes place. You know, they see the child, they joyfully worship, they bring the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they're warned in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, Joseph has already had a dream. He was told in the dream by an angel, don't leave Mary. What's conceived in her is of God. And so it said he, being a noble man, had thought to divorce her quietly. So he'd been mulling this over, chewing on it, kind of come to a conclusion, and then God steps in and says, no, you need to stay with this. And so even in that, there's a, a wonder, but it, I'm looking at this, and, and we're going to hit a few more. Joseph has three more dreams out of this second chapter. And it's going like, okay, when's the last time you took a dream and said there's value in this dream? For me, for me to even evaluate some things, a lot of times I, I have to try to get rid of some of the clutter that's a part of my life. You know, if I'm, if I'm watching a lot of, well, just for instance, like if I'm watching a movie at night, often it affects my dreaming patterns. If I'm, you know, distracted by a whole lot of other things, often it affects dreaming patterns. But how often do we earnestly say, God might have something to say in this? Now, I, I truly believe that a lot of our dream work is 
our unconscious sorting things out. But there are times when God speaks through that just as well. And there has to be an awareness and a readiness to respond to it. Shar tends to have much more vivid dreams of a supernatural nature that's easier to spot than I do. But we've had a number through our lifetime where we've just gone, think God was talking to us. But to, to even open up your heart to that requires almost a stepping away from cultural understanding, right? And a, and a kind of a distancing that says, there's something here. Now, the whole angelic thing is, is intriguing because I know that people even in this group have had angelic experiences. I have no reason to doubt that. Um, I also am fully of the belief that if God wants us to have a corporate experience angelically, there's nothing that can stop him. We will have it, right? <laughs> I, I mean, when the shepherds are out in the field, uh, I don't think, you know, there was a checklist. Did you have your devotions this morning? Did you, you know, did you, are you at peace with everyone? Are you, you know? no, he just blew them away. So, you know, that, that said, uh, there seems to be a whole range of things like for an angel to speak in a dream. Now, that's, a, that's kind of mind-blowing in itself, right? That ha these guys are having dialogue in the dream and that it's with an angelic being. I, I don't pretend to understand that, but I do trust it. And there's a certain wonder in me that says, I need to be ready to listen to God when he does speak. In this season of life, um, I regularly wake up during the night, and often it's easier for me to get up than to just stay in bed because, you know, it's going to be two, maybe more hours. And that's not a... Uh, I used to chafe and be angry about it, but now I realize this is a window that if used... I can open my heart to prayer. I can open my heart to thinking about things that maybe I haven't allowed into my thinking during the day. You know, that I can, I can, um, I can go study. There's a lot of value that can be had. But I, I've realized that sometimes we so clutter our day with activity and mindless stuff that for God to actually break through and speak to us, it almost requires a nighttime awakening. And yet even in that, are we ready to hear from him if, if he wants to speak to us? Um, before I go on, I, I, I have a very vivid memory of a, of a, as a child sitting in a Sunday school class and I had an old Sunday school teacher. <laughs> now that I think about it, she was probably my age, or maybe younger. I, I don't know, but she was old to me in that day. And uh, she was telling of a corporate vision that their church had had when she was a kid. And she said they were at a Christmas service, if I remember it correctly. Now, it's, it's been a lot of years, and the the general parameters I know are accurate. 
somebody came running inside the church and said, you've got to come outside. I can see the Christmas story. And people ran outside, and they're all going, we see it, we see it. And I remember this lady saying, Jesus, I can't see it, I can't see it. Please, please let me. And she said, suddenly, it was there. And even all those years later, it was very, very precious to her. And I'm going, I don't pretend to understand that. But a God that could orchestrate these things in the Scripture surely can work that way even now. And as we, as we walk through these passages and we review the Christmas story, we get drawn into these things, you know. That, so the, you know, the, the wise men, they, they go back by a different route because they're warned in this vision. Joseph gets a dream and says, Herod's going to try to kill this child, leave, flee. And it says he gets up that night and takes off. He doesn't wait. He doesn't say, Mary, let's talk this over. He doesn't, you know what? I'll get up in the morning and after breakfast, we'll talk through this through and see if it's real. It's alive enough in his heart right in that moment. He just says, we've got to go. We've got to go now. How amazing that the, the wise men had brought wealth to them so that this poor family away from home can make a move. You know, just think about it, how, you know, if you're traveling and you're landing somewhere else and, and you've got to go, and what if you don't have credit cards? What are you going to do? Well, he just picks up and heads off to Egypt. And then it says, after Herod dies, he has another dream that it's time to return, and he does. So he's, he's, he's responding to these things. And then he hears that Archelaus, you know, Herod's son, is in, in his place, and he's going, that doesn't seem safe. And, you know, as, as we know, Herod, I mean, for, for, uh, to go in and kill every child two years old and under is a brutal, brutal thing. And... Joseph has his other dream just gone. Um, I think we'll go north. And Jesus is raised and called a Nazarene. And so, you know, all of these things fitting together. And so I, I look at that and I'm just going, Lord, this truly is an awesome, awesome thing. It's wondrous that you speak to us as people. It's wondrous that you choose to invest yourself and that, that you make even the stars obey you. You know, and that, that, that the politicians, you know, we've, we've had some upheaval in the last couple, I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, there's a lot of strange going on, Right? There's a certain comfort that says if God could take a guy that was slaying babies, he, he can deal with ours too. I don't have to be wound up all the time over this. 
And I don't have to be trying to maneuver. And if God truly wants to move me, he'll make a way of establishing that in my heart. You know, it, it may not be a dream. It may be something else. But he can get me where he wants me to go. And I, I take a great deal of comfort in that. I, I take a, there's a peace that settles over us. It says, over creation, over the governments, over me. And I rejoice in that. We thank you for your scripture that speaks life. We thank you for these stories of truth that reveal, that reveal how awesome you really are. We thank you that you came to earth to dwell with us. We thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season that reminds us again of how precious this all is. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for God's blessing upon you. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in your presence. As each one goes into the community, I ask that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.